0: Welcome to another episode of Consider This. We are uh, back in the studio today, both uh, on camera and on audio. So if you're just listening to us, congratulations. You don't have to see us. (laughs) And uh, if you're seeing us... um, Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I guess there's some Well, for me anyway, I'll apologize. <laughs> three of you look gorgeous. Um, I have in my studio uh, today, my studio, did I just say that? Wow. Steve, I have it's in Steve's the studio. It's Steve's studio. Let's be honest. I have in Steve's studio today, uh, Justin uh, Ebert, who works uh, with our uh, high school age in the discipleship area. We have Scott that works with college students, and we have Mac last time here before he Jets Across the Pond uh, to begin um, doing God's work in the wonderful country of Poland and has been interning with us uh, in our adult discipleship area and in our youth area as well. Uh, We are here to discuss uh, a very interesting, I think always timely conversation, which is uh, what, what is the church supposed to look like? Um, When we're in this Acts series and we're dealing with the book of Acts, I hear a lot of people say, man, we should just be like, I wish we were more like the New Testament church. And what we're wrestling with is, um, like, is is that the goal, truly? Mm -hmm. Like, is that what Paul said? Did Paul say, man, you should be like the church in Acts? Because, man, back then they really got it because lots of time is going on, even in Paul's ministry. You know, he's coming back. He's writing some of his letters. 20-ish, 30 years later, um, after the, the great sermon that Peter preaches and the launch of the church in Acts 2, um, what does Paul keep appealing that we go back to? Because I've just heard a lot of people, and even our, our heritage, right, the Restoration Church, has as its goal to reestablish mm-hmm. and reinstitute, to restore. Yep. the New Testament church, by going back, reading the book of Acts, and doing what it says. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, A, obviously we love the book of Acts, and we think there's a lot that we can learn. Um, so why don't we start? I think it's always good to, to kind of begin on the more uh, positive side. That's the only way that we can start. But w- when when we talk like that as 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 just Christian leaders, um, what, what are we trying to say when we say, let's go back to the New Testament, let's go back to the book of Acts? Justin, what's the... Well, what's the goal? What's the attempt? What's, what's right about that? Yeah, so like my initial feedback would be
1: a question. Where else are you going to go to get the basis for how you're going to do ministry? Mm-hmm. Are you going to go to business principles or model after the governments that you've got experience with or read about in history? Or are you going to go to what God has said? Mm. And so it seems like the best source for us to understand how to um live as God's people and to minister like God would have us minister is to hear from God's Word. And so with the Spirit within us guiding us in that, uh, it seems like that's the best source. And so the heart of that, I think, makes the most sense. What, What other option do we have other than God's own Word and the birth of this church after the ascension of Jesus and the coming down of the Holy Spirit? Uh, it seems like our best resource, I okay. guess, is kind of the most simple way to put that.
0: So going back to the Book of Acts, um, may even help us to kind of question our heritage or our history. It kind of holds us in check. It's this standard that stands outside of what you and I actually have grown up with or experienced. So we're, we're both appealing to something that's beyond ourselves, and that can be a positive thing. Scott, anything else on the positive side that you recognize that you can appreciate about going back to the Bible, back to the the, the New Testament of the Book of Acts.
2: Yeah, I mean I it I mean all those things Justin said and, and just the the inspiration of knowing like how did this how did this begin? And and something about the beginning helps kinda of can reset some things to help yeah help us understand, okay, what is it about and yeah. what am I to be about therefore, you know? And so I I think
0: it I mean all those things he said, I just reiterate. Okay. Um so then on the other side Mm -hmm. right on the dark side of the moon on the on the flip what are some of the um, you know Matt can you think of any of the limitations of trying to go back to the book of Acts and then try to recreate it Um, you know I I always love to point this out when I'm teaching or preaching I get and even as a church that's what we're doing so I don't Mm -hmm. don't apologize for that that is what we're doing and then I say and it's more complicated than just doing it what are some of the reasons for those complications
3: um, I think one of them, and everyone who studies the Bible legitimately with trying to figure out what Luke is saying in the book of Acts, it's a classic case of taking the the piss of the writing and we exchange that for our lens of what we're trying to find in the book of Acts. So, for example, Luke is not writing the book of Acts so that we have a handbook on how to do mm-hmm. church. Um, Luke is writing the book of Acts to show big picture. Today, or on yeah. on Sunday, we're going to be getting into um, a section of Acts in the, in the middle piece of Acts 9, where Luke is going to skip 17 years in one verse. And he's going to go from Paul's conversion to when Paul goes down to Jerusalem and is confirmed by all of the apostles, and he goes in and out freely. And Luke uses two primary... Um, Transition statements where he zooms out mm-hmm. and says and Paul and describes Paul in the same way He describes the church and he grew in strength and approved that Jesus was the Christ and confounded <laughs> yeah. the Jews and then the next section So that's the first section the second section talks about 17 years later after Paul has already gone to Arabia Then he goes back to Damascus then he goes down to Jerusalem And he's only there for a few days meets Peter confirms the gospel leaves and then returns 14 years later You see this in, in Galatians he comes back 14 years later and And then reconfirms the gospel says this is what i've been preaching is this true and he's confirmed by the apostles and then he's able to go in and out of jerusalem freely and continue on in his ministry with their help and goes and does help for them and so luke at the end of like Hmm. luke doesn't even include any of paul's ministry he just talks about oh paul got to go in and out freely and then he summarizes the acts of the church and he says it in similar ways and they were all comforted by the by the presence and the peace of the holy spirit and it multiplied and so there you're seeing luke Purpose is that he's not trying to describe a way to do church. He is describing that the church has become like Christ It's big picture. He zooms out. This is how acts works It zooms in talks about specifics and then zooms out to show you the big picture What's the big picture of the book of Acts is that all of these people who were once far from God even if they were Jewish there that Judaism shows you that you are far from God those who are far from God now actually look like him hmm. by describing um the way that Christ did things from the Gospels, you can see this in Luke's Gospel as a reference, look back at Luke's Gospel, and then put in the names of the people that you see in Acts. And then you should have another book of Acts. Or in the in the inverse, this is something I'll be talking about on Sunday, the inverse is if you take out Paul, and you take out Barnabas, and you take out all of the names of the people in the book of Acts, you should be able to insert Christ and you should have a fifth Gospel. Hmm. That's the purpose, hmm. is because this is big
0: picture. This is, this is the unstoppable mission of God. Well, and it's how he be- even begins the book of Acts, right? I'm continuing with my former book, Theophilus, I wrote this about all that, began, that Jesus began to do and to teach, and I'm continuing that. And this is what Jesus
3: began, continued to teach. Yes. And so it's through the apostles, by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's the narrative. So the issue that we come to is when we say something like, as good hearted as, um, let's try to recreate the book of Acts. Okay, so are we going to recreate Ananias and Sapphira? Well, no, that's not what I mean. Yeah. Of course it's not what you mean, but you're not looking at it legitimately. Are we going to recreate the seven sons of Sceva? No, probably not. We don't really do yeah, that. So, so there are pieces now. of it where it's just like, where our framework doesn't actually, we don't answer the questions that our frame asks.
0: So I like I like what you said, because in that it kind of reorients us in terms of the goal. And if the goal of the Gospels and the book of Acts is not to give us a handbook, of rules and instructions, so we don't go to it as ministers, as like, uh, you know, uh, do they still, Mac, you're the, probably the most recent grad, do they give you, or do you have to take in a practical ministry class, do you get a minister's handbook? Um, I didn't get one. Okay. I got I, one in grad school, but I didn't get one I in... G- I got one. I got one. I got one. I got and, one. You know, and it kind of goes through, this is how you're supposed to do it. And it's kind of interesting, is that when we look at the Book of Acts like that, um, I like the reminder, uh, you know, the Book of Acts isn't, here's how you do it, it's, here is who we're becoming and here's how the spirit is doing that. Mm-hmm. And that does, that kind of changes mm-hmm. that changes the goal. Scott, yeah. uh, you know, add something to that.
2: Yeah, so I mean what Max is Mac is describing is this the issue of interpretation is we have to decide when the bible says something, what is it saying? And So the book of acts is, you know, we we've talked about
0: the idea of being prescriptive or descriptive. What is it Explain is it? explain what that means. The idea of looking at the bible prescriptively yeah. rather than descriptively. So prescriptive would be
2: the Bible, the book of Acts specifically is giving a prescription to how the church this is the handbook idea, this is how the church is supposed to look and exist and you or follow it every step of the way, that's prescriptive and then descriptive is Act, or Luke is recording what's happening with, with a purpose in mind mm-hmm. and he's describing what's taking place and not prescribing what's taking place and so yeah, yeah. I think we would all agree it's not just history yeah. mm-hmm. and it's not just prescription. It's some sort of blend Hybrid. of the yeah. two. And that's where it becomes the challenge is like we have to decide okay are we going to you know Acts two forty-two through 47 yeah. for example. Is
0: this know, commanded to us to follow just like it was here yes. or is this describing what they did? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So we have to work through that and we have to like, wh- when, it, when it gives these stories we have to decide and discern mm-hmm. what is it telling us? What is it saying? What is it not saying? And, and that's where the discernment comes in and, and it's we, we come to, I mean, even even things like the word gather or the word meet or, you know, these words that we, when we read it in English, we think about going to Starbucks or going, sorry, Aspen. We would never do a Starbucks. <laughs> Aspen. <laughs> going to Aspen, one of the four locations. Hey, three. Well, no, no, no. Hey, Look at that. Eh? Oh.
0: If, you're, if you see the camera, I'm holding in my Aspen mug. <laughs> yep. Uh, Berean. <bring laughs> they are sorry,
1: more noble. No, more, this one's more noble, I would have to say. Yeah, exactly. So. God be noble. praised
3: for the Bereans. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, so we that's what we picture or we picture gathered together as Sunday morning, and so we've talked about like if that's your only frame of mind is Sunday morning at a church in sure. a building with a with a stage and a speaker and lights and worship then you you have a really limited understanding of gathering yeah. mm-hmm. but if it if if you, when you think of gathering it's whatever you think of it is in first in today's context, is that really what is actually happening then, mm-hmm. so are we going to recreate synagogues are we going to recreate yeah the temple, are we going to recreate a place where people go every day and yeah. worship? And No. Yeah. None
0: of us want to do that. Yeah. Well, I think that's the, that that's becomes one of the problems. So yeah. when we're trying to teach how to interpret the Bible, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's great to begin where Mac challenged us. Mm-hmm. What is the purpose of the book? And the purpose of the book, you know, the one thing we may we may try to have to figure out, what do we do with Ananias and Sapphira in terms of that example? Um, do we need to fall? Is that a cultural issue or is that a universal issue? So we, we have to wrestle through that. Um, and in terms of the the, the meta narrative or the big picture, helping us to focus on Jesus, but then kind of working in the weeds, so to speak, yeah. and working in the details, and say, what about how the Spirit worked in the in the in the New Testament era? Do we see and continue to respond to? And then where are there? I guess where is there room? I guess is that kind mm-hmm. of one of the ways that we're looking at it. Sure, Justin, anything you want to add in terms of I guess some of the limitations or maybe even some of the difficulties? Mm-hmm. Um, So in preparation for this, just thinking
1: through it and as a response to other things we've been reading, uh, went back and just did like an inductive study of all the uses of church, ecclesia, or the gathering in the New Testament. And then I studied each of the different churches. There's over 30 churches mentioned in the New Testament and just wanted to like see. So Hmm. what does the Bible actually say (laughs) about the church? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that stuck out to me is it seems a lot less concerned about the mode of church and much more concerned about the message and the implications on that community and on the people. Hmm. And what I mean there is that there's just not anywhere in the New Testament we see, this is how you start. This is how long it is. These are all the elements that's included. And if you're doing it somewhere outside of that, that's a problem. Now, that doesn't mean it doesn't include some of the things that are important for the gathering of the believers, Mm -hmm. because that's pretty clear, Gathering is something that has to take place, but at those gatherings, sometimes it's just prayer at those gatherings. Sometimes it's just speaking about what God has done and praising him for that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's gathering and hearing from the word and then somebody discussing it. Sometimes it's just somebody beginning to speak and, and something spiritual happens. The spirit begins to move. And so... I guess the point there is don't assume that there's just this template in the scriptures and if we just uncover it then we'll have it perfectly figured out and our church will begin to multiply and people be hundreds of people will get baptized that day and we just have to unlock the key hmm. and if our strategy is good then on automatically our church will begin to do what hmm. the church did in Acts and multiply greatly. Huh. And that's just we, we know we can't manipulate the spirit in that way. So I guess my other point is that the new testament is clear that there is a contextual implication of the gospel going to different places Hmm. and a contextual implication of the holy spirit moving how the holy spirit wants to move in different places Hmm. okay and so think about that that the gospel coming somewhere to a group of people contextualizes for people the message doesn't change but the mode changes Mm -hmm. so so the package that i've given it to you might change and then how that plays out sometimes changes now there's core elements to it we gather and we worship and it's centered on jesus and it should be orderly and it should uh, bring glory to god all of that is true but whether that's in a synagogue or a house Mm -hmm. or a building that is specifically built for the purpose of worshiping yahweh uh, or the or Jewish, Jewish
3: right the Jewish temple sure yeah they would uh, go there
1: these are these I, I don't know that God cares all that much whether you're mm-hmm. doing it in your house or whether you're doing it at the Walmart that closed down or whether you're doing it on the street or under a bridge right I think he cares that we're centering it on Jesus and mm-hmm. is being empowered by the Holy Spirit and so I think that's kind of what I, I've recognized most is that um, the Contextual implication of the gospel coming to a place like sure. Stillwater in sure. 2019 and how the Holy Spirit wants to move mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't don't assume it's this monolithic thing That's going to look the same today as it did in the year 35 a.D. Yeah. in Jerusalem Yeah, right. can I add I just want sure. to add one more quick thing yep.
3: to kind of put the framework if we say that we want to be like the New Testament Church The good news is we actually have the specifics in the epistles so Acts provides us the overarching narrative of this is the unstoppable mission of God, and he uses big sweeps and he does this kind of thing to tell his story. But then it, we actually look like we get the insight into how to be in the New Testament yeah, church. Yeah. It just
0: Paul's giving that instruction. It's actually
3: try to be the Jesus that Paul instructs Paul to be, you know. And it's like okay, so when he writes, like the only church that you really would want to be like in the New Testament is maybe Philippi they're the best yeah Paul's just so psyched (laughs) about them but other than that like the church in Rome seems to have some sort of um, ethnic issues and a misunderstanding of Israel's role in God's plan Um, you know in Corinthians are immoral the Corinthians are immoral so if we really want to do that I mean one of the only books you could look to to say how should we do ministry is second Corinthians and that's more of a heart of ministry rather than a here's what you ought to do and so I think it shows that Um, God works both in the grand scheme
0: of things, and he gives us the specifics. What what I love about that is, and and so I hope I'm not moving too quickly, but I think it's important. Um, I'm an idealist, and then I become this weird um, realist, <laughs> but I kind of start on the idealistic and then I get into this word realism. And so that's kind of my, you're idealistic
2: if you're around realists <laughs> yeah. and, if, and if you're around realists, you're, you're much yeah. more idealistic. Yeah, I do. I have a yeah. contrarian's heart. Yeah. I, I really do. That's a great observation,
0: yeah. but I've gone through these stages where, you know, in our heritage, literally going back into the 1800s, our heritage was that the reason why there are problems or even divisions in the church, universal is because we're not following the New Testament. Mm -hmm. We're following the doctrines and the teachings of men. We're following these creeds. The Westminster Confession of Faith is not found in the scriptures. It it can be divisive, therefore we shouldn't have it. We should just go back to the scriptures. And I I remember hearing that as a kid and not just going, wow, that's my team, but going, no, I think I would end up there anyway. Like I think I would end up where many of the founding fathers of the Restoration Movement were Mm -hmm. um, and and what they were going for, like I love it. And then I get all excited and I read the book of Acts and I, you know, Acts 2, and man, they're gathering together and all they're doing is focusing on, this is my reading, <laughs> all they're doing is focusing on um, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, uh, the apostles' teaching and prayer. Man, that's all we should do, mm-hmm. right? And so I keep living in this idealistic world and then I, I go to church and I get disappointed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that is kind of an interesting dynamic because I think that more and more and more that we are able through the use of media or even through the use of books, we can begin to be challenged and then become disappointed. Man, I thought I had a good church, but now that I'm really thinking about it, I'm beginning to see that, you know, we're not exactly like the book of Acts. Like, man, 3,000, I mean, you guys all know what this is like, but I I guarantee you something still happens in my head when I preach and 3,000 people don't come forward. I begin to wonder if I'm doing something wrong. Sure. And so as church leaders, or just even as a member of the church, I don't even have to be on staff of a church to go like, why aren't we growing like the New Testament church grew? Why aren't we seeing the same kind of power, the same kind of impact? Why is it? And what's weird is, is then I kind of go like, maybe it's because of the way that we do it. And maybe if we do it like them, going back to the key idea, if we can just do it like them, well then, hey, we got the Holy Spirit in our back pocket, we can make it work. Like the problem is our structure, the problem is our modes. And then I become discouraged so you know, any thoughts about just what happens when we look at the church and we begin to have like an ideal version of it that can? Imagine you're on an island. Imagine you're. On and someone could, hands you okay, a Bible. Give give the context for that.
2: Okay, so um, there's a recent book came out, Francis Chan, in in the Letters to the Church, and in his introduction is that very thing. Imagine you're on an island, and someone hands you a Bible. I can't even remember how. Can't say it with a straight face, but. It's it's, you read about you read Acts yeah, and then you think, what would the church be like? Okay, and now transport back to your church. Is that what your church looks like? And and so I read that and I instantly wanted to buy the book because it really kind of ticked me off. Um, hmm. I think it's a really, I th- I love his heart behind the question. I think it's a really damaging question. Hmm. I think it. I think it. It is. It is a very bad premise, because well, a. Who is. Who am I? Am I me? Sure. Or am I me from the first century? Yeah. Um. Am I what descent? Am I what ethnicity? Am I what what cultural experiences? Am I what does gathering mean to me? What is, you know, is it, or am I just a complete blank slate? I have have no memory <laughs> of anything. Yeah. No context of anything. Have never lived anywhere. Yeah. And I arrive on, I mean, so none of a, none of, none of the, that paradigm is real, is real or realistic or, or even helpful or based in reality. Yeah. And so therefore to try to apply that to reality is virtually impossible. Mm-hmm. And it's, and again, what I think it, it, I in, you instantly want to go, unless you've really wrestled with this, you want to go, yeah, why aren't we look why don't we look yeah, like the church? Yeah, I want to yeah. be a part of that. Yeah, yeah. I want to mm. see 3000 people get baptized every day and I want to see sure. you know I want to see miracles. I want to see and and I just think it all that does is just set people up to be
0: disappointed in the church mm. and therefore he's it's a damaging question. Yeah. It's mm. a damaging premise. And I'll tell you what it does for me and I'll tell you how I even see this in other places. So um, I ask young people who are coming into my office and wanting to get married, I ask them, are you wanting a wedding or a marriage? Mm. Like, tell me which one you want. Mm. Um, young families that are wanting kids. And I'm like, are you wanting like a family portrait or are you wanting dirty diapers? Mm. Like, which one do you want? Like, do you want, um, you know, I, my, my son is actually here and uh, it's been very interesting. I remember dealing with, looking into my kids eyes when they're like about one and I realize, wow, I have no real authority here, <laughs> like no, no power to make my one year old do exactly what mm-hmm. I want. So, you know, so, you know, I mean it's, it's love him and care for him and nurture him and discipline him, but literally he's going to do what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's scary. Mm-hmm. And I remember as, as that would happen as my boys would grow up, I, God said to me so many times, so do you love these kids or did you love the idea of these kids? <laughs> and the more I began to realize, like, I'm okay with my own brokenness. I'm more okay with my own brokenness than anybody else's. And when God, through many things, revealed the brokenness, particularly of my children, he said to me straight in the face, you still love them? And my answer was, no. <laughs> like, I don't. Like I, And, I mean, honestly, what I, what I mean by that is I love the idea of McKenzie yes. mm-hmm. more than I love Mackenzie. Yeah. And God didn't... God just said, yeah, that's because you're foolish. Mm -hmm. It's because you love the ideal. That's why I don't... Going back to whether it's church, whether it's marriage, whether it's children, um, we all come to that point where, okay, we're going to put the wedding dress away and the tux goes back to to the rental shop. And now we just go home and do the dishes and watch Jeopardy and live out our lives. And it's actually kind of... It's not radical and it's not crazy it's literally ordinary mm-hmm. and so i wonder sometimes if some of these conversations like you're d- describing scott's mm-hmm. kind of the well-intended misguided hey let's reinvent yeah. mm-hmm. and i just i promise you i i would not if if you just gave me uh you know a woman um and i was just left to myself i don't know if i would design marriage the way god designed it hmm. so it doesn't work in any context sure yeah. So that's, I think, the concern. Yeah. Um, I think that there,
3: I haven't read Chan's book, so I'm I'm not even really going to, I guess, talk about that. But, um, you know, one of the things is that when we look at Acts 2, we're like, wow, 3,000 people, one sermon. That's crazy. One day, you know, well, probably not one day because you don't even have enough time in a day to baptize 3,000 people. So, you know I, I think what we struggle to do is to realize that like the church isn't just where we are and what we're doing. Hmm. That's a foolish way of thinking about the church and and to think that the modes there isn't an appropriate way to take what I'm saying, but just hear what I'm trying to say. like the modes of the way that you do church are not going to stop the Holy Spirit from doing what he wants. Mm-hmm. you know you can you can there are ways you can hinder the Holy Spirit, so I totally believe in all that thing but i mean, like if if Yeah. to think that that the way in which we're trying to be faithful is somehow putting up this incredible barrier that if we would tear it down, if we would just realize our own cultural issues, that then 3,000 people would come forward. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the actual statistic is, but in all the Christians in all the world and all the people doing ministry and the Holy Spirit working through all of them, I would probably bet there's maybe 3,000 coming daily. Right. I mean, in China alone, it's the largest, the largest population of Christians are now in China. Right. And the majority of Christians, if you take the map and you Mm -hmm. and you weigh like as if every, you know, you lay the map out flat and you have North America, you know, up here on your left and you have Australia down here on your right. If you weighed how many Christians there were in the world and then you like put a ball where the middle of that would be, it would be in North Africa. They're the majority of Christians aren't even in the West. Yeah. So it's like to think that maybe the way we're doing ministry, you know, isn't right. Well, it's like, okay, sure. And that's why we always have conversations about it. It's not like we're just sitting here just, you know, not thinking about the way that the Holy Spirit wants to move through us. It's that we know that we can only do what we can do. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit does what he does.
0: And that's a good reminder is that it really is. There are limits to even our own, the best of our models you know there are limits. Yeah. Justin, yeah. seems like you're wanting to say something.
1: Yeah, I think my heart, the hardest part of reading this book is the premise, the assumption that my answer will be, yeah, I do have a problem with what I read and then what I'm experiencing. My my answer was not yeah. what he was expecting. Yeah. No, it's like when I look at the church that I'm a part of and I look back at God's word, I do see an alignment. Yeah. I'm not saying ours is perfect, but guess how many per- perfect churches there were in the first century. Yeah,
2: yeah, none
1: none there are some that are talked of well and don't seem to have any but i promise you there are issues unique issues based on the context that they're in because there's not perfect people Mm -hmm. we're worshiping a perfect god and have the spirit working in us to continue to perfect us but guess what relationships are hard and difficult and people stumble and make mistakes and even non-sinful mistakes Mm -hmm. that cause problems in that particular context okay and so i think that's my biggest pushback to this is that When I look at a Sunnybrook Christian church and then I I read the New Testament, I don't see this glaring problem. The last Mm -hmm. time I saw a glaring problem at our church was um, I wish we could do even more training that we're already doing, but do it even better. Yeah. Which, again, by the way, isn't we weren't doing it. It's a, I want us to continue to grow in this. Mm -hmm. And the other one was I think we should make uh, our communion, which we do on a regular basis, at a different point in the service. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And so even, like, things that are on my mind are, like, Adjustments. They're not like, oh, crud, we forgot to pray like the last 12 (laughs) years. Why have have we not prayed in 12 years as a as a body? Yeah. No, like we are actually living out the implications of who God has made us to be and what Christ has uh, formed in us as his body and the spirit leading and directing us. So what
0: I what I what I can appreciate about and I finished I finished the book yesterday because our life group is going through it. Um, the part that I love about books like that, mm-hmm. okay, um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book "Life Together" is another one that deeply, deeply, deeply shaped me, made me almost simultaneously love and be disappointed with the community that I'm in. And honestly, <laughs> which that's, he explicitly tells you not to do. Yes, Bonhoeffer but I mean, but does. But it's almost impossible to yeah, not because yeah, yeah. it's kind of like, yeah, I, I want to be a part of that, but I'm not a part of that. So, bleh, but yeah, yeah. but bleh. so <laughs> there is this ebb and flow. And the part that I, you know, when I when I finished that book. I, I, I was sharing in the, you know, we come in here pretty early and we just find somebody else's office and, hey, here's what the Lord's, I mean, this is kind of a common thing around here, right? Um, come in any time and just walk in our office. We'd love to talk to you about what God is doing it's in your really life. It's really biblical. Actually. It is really biblical. Yeah. Um, but here's what's interesting is 20 years ago, if I would have read Chan's book, I would have been increasingly mm-hmm. frustrated with the church that I was a part of um, and uh, almost like this 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 frustration and disappointment and yet also hopeful because Mm -hmm. hey but the good news is it was just the system that was wrong and so you know i'm young and i'm gonna go (laughs) i'm gonna go find another church or i'm gonna go plant a church and i'm gonna plant a church and when i plant the church it's gonna be completely different and so that was the problem and now 30 years later what i have really realized is and this is the part i'll go back and Um, what I love about these challenges, whether it's Bonhoeffer or Chan, Mm -hmm. um, or, or, or Platt or whoever, that it really is like, both are true. Mm -hmm. Like they are like, I love the fact that Chan is challenging me to go back and rethink and ask some questions. Like Mm -hmm. the part that you wouldn't disagree with Scott is it's good to ask, Yeah are the things that we're focusing on. Are we praying enough? Are Mm -hmm. we being missional enough? I mean, I always hear about like, what does it mean for us to plant churches? What does it mean for us to be like that in the New Testament, to send people out so that the gospel Mm -hmm. might be heard in cities that don't know who Jesus is, like Philippi. Um, And and we need to be a church like that. And I don't look at our, and you don't either, Justin, but I don't look at our situation and go, oh, we're already doing it, sweet. (laughs) Who wants to go for lunch? I look at that and same like you do, I, I get convicted, man, we could do, we could yeah. pray better. We could yeah. study the apostles teaching better. We could discipline love better. We could yep. love better. We yep. could all of these different yep. things. Yep. So it's kind of interesting because, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted you on the in the on the podcast today, Mac, is because you're going to Poland mm-hmm. next week. Yeah, we're in in a city and we want to be careful saying this. Even it's funny, even when we throw around ideas like, do you know, how many Christians come or people come to faith in China? you do realize like only God knows that number. Yep. Like we can we can pull together what other people are reporting. Only God knows the number. Yep. Mm-hmm. So when everybody tells me about church membership and church declining, and I'm going, well, I mean, as far as people can count, you do know we're not the official counters on this, mm-hmm. right? So I want to be careful even saying some of these things. But in Poland, mm-hmm. predominantly not uh, Christian, yeah. but yet they are culturally so in terms of the Catholic church and other mm-hmm. things. But you're going to a place where there isn't, or at least if there is, there are very few um, Bible teaching acts oriented sure. <laughs> churches, yeah. right? And so you're going, yeah. Um, what are you going to do? Uh, yeah, I plant, know, plant a church.
3: Yeah, we're going to plant a church. Um, you know, first before I say anything, I submit to the authorities over me. So like, I'm going to work with proam and you know, I'm kind of an ambassador for Sunnybrook, and you know. Um, But, like, what pro M wants is what I'll do. Um, I'm to the point where um, I've given up the idea that I can do church best. Um, You know, I maybe thought that when I was a sophomore in college, but that took, like, two seconds to realize that's a dumb idea. Um, Because Paul planted churches, and some of them went went crazy. So that's not – that's no reflection on – some reflection on me or my work. It could be, but I just yeah. trust the Holy Spirit yeah. with all of it. So I would submit to the authorities and say, you know, what do you think we should do and how is this going to work? And they already have, a, you know, a kind of a model. One of the things sure. I love about them is like they let the model work for them. The model doesn't own them. And so the way that they do things is like, this is what seems to be working. So we'll roll with that. And if we need to change, we'll change. And so, you know, it's, um, let me just tell you kind of how it, it began, according to what I've been told and kind of let that speak for itself. Like the church planting aspect of pro ministry was actually the natural result of Christians living in non-Christian cities. It just became natural. So it wasn't, you know, when you're, we're going to go live in, um, in Tomashov and we are going to evangelize every person we meet so we can build a building and have weekly worship services. <laughs> That's not the idea of a church plant. The idea of a church plant is being Christians in non-Christian places. That's a church plan because the church is not the building. The church is not the worship service. And this is one of the things, you know, when we when we talk about, you know, what do we want to change about church? If the only thing you think about when we say the word church is a Sunday morning worship service, then you need to stop using the word church that way. Like, I think that our rhetoric ruins, ruins us because yeah. we say, hey, where do you go to church or what church are you a part of? That doesn't even... Logistically, yeah, if that's all you think, it doesn't there's, even, a, there's serious limits. It doesn't even make sense. Yeah, yeah. And so I would say, you know, we'll have, when we grow, when we go into the city specifically, so we'll have a team of six people, two of us couples will move there um, relatively soon, um, and we're going to be Christians in a, in a city that is predominantly dying in terms of its faith. Um, It's very nominal Catholic. Um, That doesn't mean that all Catholics are unfaithful or anything like that. No, it doesn't mean that. But we're going to go find people who don't know Jesus, who don't have a personal relationship with him, and we're going to love them and show them the gospel and tell the truth. That's what we're going to do. And the natural outworking of that will be totally up to whatever the Spirit leads us to do. And so I know that it just sounds so idealistic, but that's because it doesn't need to have a a system. It doesn't need to have flesh on it right now because it's just the when i decided that when i felt this first pull to go to go to poland i asked john Crozier. hey um as, one of the who's productors. one of the proem guys he's he's over the school we were walking through the city of Piotrkov and he said um, i asked him how do you decide who's going to go plant the church like who do you put here how does that work and i kid you not a grown man said holy spirit usually just gives us somebody that he figures it out every time it's just it's worked and I, my jaw dropped, and I was like, "Holy cow! You guys must believe the Bible," and it was that kind of thinking. You know, some of it is cultural. The Polish people don't feel this need to create like these crazy structures that we do in America. Um, they're very free. They're like, "Yeah, spirit," and I, and and I believe that, and I believe that the spirit moves moves us. And I believe that that ideal will inform our specifics. Sure. So, I mean, I know that doesn't really, I hope that kind no, of, No, no, no it the does. Question. It
0: does because here's what yeah. I love about it. So you describe something that in a way I get it. I hope right now you're listening and you're going, man, that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Like that sounds okay. But Justin, you don't disagree with any of that. Nope. Like you don't go, Oh yeah. So we're doing it wrong because no, that's, ex- he just described uh, hopefully the family you grew up in and I have no problem. You go, no, like that's not the family we grew up in. Right, that's that was no, yeah. that was our that was us. That's that's, Scott, so, that's what you and Ryan are trying to do. Yeah. That's what you and Debbie are trying to do. That's what Stephen, Patty are trying to do. Is that, that's what it looks like. And by mm-hmm. the way, it also includes a new children's area that we're going to be sharing the gospel in. Yeah, that I'm more than glad to give to. Um, but if we didn't if, if if we didn't have that, okay. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. I yeah. I still got to tell my neighbors about Jesus, and I'm still going to talk about him, and I'm still going to, and I think that's the part that I love mm-hmm. is that I can be totally jazzed. And I like what Justin says so much of what it is, and I hope I'm not blind to this, is that I, I think it's it's good it's it's wrong to assume that everything that we're doing is right mm-hmm. and perfect and good, and I think it's wrong to assume that everything we're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think the Holy Spirit is doing work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think you know we talked about this on the Mean Girls uh, episode that we did recently. I think it's wrong to not recognize the sanctification that's in us individually. And it's wrong for us to recognize the sanctification that's happening in us corporately, i.e. the church. And by the way, that's why books like Chan's and Bonhoeffer's, when properly read in the context of biblical community, that's why they really can be helpful. Mm -hmm. Because more than half of Chan's book was really, really insightful. And other times I thought he was overstating a couple of things, but who am I to talk about overstatement? And And he's a man. And he's a man too. Yeah. And I love the idea of going, okay, so as a church, here's what we've got to work on. And, by the way, as we're doing that, let's also celebrate. I mean, we, we're sending Sam and Rachel to Japan to do a work there. Like, that's Axe stuff. Yeah. Mac and Liv are going to Poland. That's Axe stuff. Mm-hmm. Jake and Aaron Moore just came back, which, by the way, I love this too. People coming back is Axe stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how, how many times did Paul go back to Antioch? A lot. A lot
1: yeah Yeah. (laughs) a A lot lot. back and forth yo-yoing back and forth from there so
0: i just i love that and so this morning you know if you're looking at church and going man i wish it was more like the Acts church i hope what you meant by that was jesus Mm -hmm. and if you did we that's us too and i hope that you know we can truly like add more and more and more of faithfulness to the spirit, responding to the Spirit, living naturally. I think I think one of the problems that we can have in these books is we read the Apostle Paul like he's the normative Christian experience <laughs> um, like every housewife in the New Testament did exactly what Paul did and every, every uh, person at the church at Ephesus understood their giftedness and was empowered to use their giftedness in powerful ways. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, well, if that were the case, then why would John a few years later write, You've Forgotten Your First Love?
1: Why would Paul have to write First Timothy rebuking those leaders and elders in Ephesus?
0: <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's literally, it's like, look at the bigger picture mm-hmm. and realize, like, as much as Paul is a Christian example of the Christian life, that um, I, I'm, it's, I'm okay with Andrea going, there's so much of what Paul does that I'm, I'm grateful for, but I don't know how I do Yeah, because I'm not called to be an apostle to mm-hmm. the Gentiles. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think it's kind of that, that ebb and flow. Discerning the spirit in
2: context, Here we in go. our context. It's the, you know, and that's what you're describing yes. is going to Poland and is discerning what the spirit wants to do here. And that's what we have to do here. And that's what we are, have been doing and want to do, and, and also can be convicted by a book like this to do. more. Wow. I, I, mm-hmm. god help me to see what you want me to see here mm-hmm. but it's it is that it's discerning the spirit in our context and that's one of the biggest problems i have with books that would want to or, or somebody that would want to you know who has experienced some form of success as they've defined it then being able to say see guys we're really we're really doing Missing this it. Mm-hmm. yeah and, and you guys should, should be doing it too and it just feels it feels like okay you you don't, you don't live here you don't you're not praying mm-hmm. for stillwater like we are you're not discerning the 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 men that i encounter and talk to and think about like mm-hmm. and so we're having conversations daily we're having interactions daily we're having so it it is it's discerning the spirit in context the other big thing that i i i've had to wrestle with it cuz i've been i've been this guy that wants the ideal or the wish dream as as Bonharfer calls it um is, is God really sovereign over His church? Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. that's a great point.
2: Because if if he's if if we've messed it up, somehow, like I think what somebody said, like we can't mess up. <laughs> yeah, the was that. Yeah, if we've somehow gotten to a point where where we've taken the the the, the, the taken it off course, mm-hmm. then is God sovereign over it, yeah. or is He not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can't have history, it both ways. what about Eastern Orthodox? What about Catholicism? Like how would they read this book of when he talks about, I mean, I just, I go, there is, this is so much bigger than, mm-hmm. than one, Simi one little
1: context. Cornerstone church in Simi Valley. Yeah,
2: or yeah. San Francisco or wherever, yeah. China or Poland or
0: Stillwater or, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah. So, so well, and not I've not. seen, I've seen people, I'll say this real quick. I've seen, and we get, we get near the end here, but I've seen people like hurt their own marriages when they're envious of their friend's marriage. And I've seen people hurt their own children by being envious of other people's children and careers. I've just seen that. And now we get to do it at the church level because yeah. we get to know about not just every other church in town, but we get to know about every other church in the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. And so, and when I travel to another, I mean, how would you guys like it if I traveled to Japan and then I came back and I go, you know, we're nothing like the mustard seed church. You dumb Americans! I mean, do you understand? Like, there there was real church there, and man, you guys, I mean, I I don't think it would go over well, and you know, and it's not because we don't want to hear the truth; it's because that kind of envy. Think about it. I mean, the Bible warns against that kind of envy, mm-hmm. but we seldom think about it in terms of that. I think that's one of the dangers of social media. Yeah, is that my version, or vi- it's, it's the da- social? What Facebook is to a person who's dealing with uh, kind of like self-esteem issues uh, Christian conferences are to pastors (laughs) because we go to a conference and we hear a guy talk about his church and that 30 minute snippet of his awesome church. I just go back and go, wow, I got to go back to Sunnybrook. Yeah. And instead
3: of being grateful for this, like it's this, it's a misunderstanding of the spirit's work. It's like, Oh, I want to be like that. No, what you're really trying to say at the deepest core is you're glad the Holy Spirit is moving. That's really what's happening. And, if if you ask yourself is the holy spirit moving where i am am i listening to the holy spirit and the answer is yes then you too are doing church yeah
0: even if it doesn't even if it doesn't, it doesn't have to on look, the stage it
3: doesn't have to look the same
0: justin what were you going to say yeah and i'm going to i'm going to close with some great words from bonhoeffer
1: final thought um i i think we're all okay with critique and evaluation always whether oh, it's yeah. our personal life or the way we are implementing the church or the, the spirits moving here mm-hmm. if you're going to critique and evaluate be honest, be discerning, and be wise, because we would freely admit there are churches out there that yeah. we don't believe that are we believe are missing it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. on both sides, kind of this. Yeah, some of the extreme megachurch, and then some of these churches who are so isolated and small they're dying. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, there are churches, but be honest that there are some churches who are getting it. Yeah, okay. And if you are going to critique and evaluate, if your response is divisiveness or discontent you've probably got something wrong within your heart mm-hmm. that's moved something beyond the spirit sure. okay mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so check that and, and instead of jumping ship and saying man I'm just sick of the church I'm leaving don't work to fix mm-hmm. okay your if your response is divisiveness or discontent there's something broken within you that you also need to evaluate and critique
0: I'm also a big fan of consistency and so it's really interesting how we can have like certain Real views life. for church. Yeah, we can have certain views of church, man. That's so, and then we go, yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't read the new Testament and save for retirement. I wouldn't read the New <laughs> Testament and, you know, spend a crazy amount of money on a house. I wouldn't read the new, Te- I mean, I, I mean, there are so many things I would not do if I was reading, I wouldn't say for my kid's college. Like there's so many things that are just, and I don't and I'm not even saying any of those things are necessarily bad. I'm going, if you want to use the, you're on a beach, it's not just church. I'd restructure. Like, it's my whole life I would restructure and I would not do a lot of things not just it's not just this one small ass. and chance way, would agree with that it's so he, would, he, would totally he did agree. that yeah, he exactly. did that he would totally agree with a lot of that let me close with these great words from Bonhoeffer I think this is kind of a great thing he says every human every human wish stream that is injected into the Christian community is a hindrance to genuine community and must be banished if genuine community is to survive. So your wishes or hopes or kind of uncritiqued ideas of what you want really can be dangerous. He says this, the one who loves their dream of a Mm -hmm. community more than the Christian community itself Mm -hmm. becomes a destroyer of the latter, even though their personal intentions may be ever so honest and earnest Mm -hmm. and sacrificial. Mm -hmm. And what he's saying is, if I've got a version of a wife that's not Andrea, and I just go home, and I'm just frustrated and sad and then not a good husband, Mm -hmm. Andrea's not the problem. Mm -hmm. Jim is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that is true of the bride as well, Mm -hmm. the bride of Christ. So I hope this has been helpful. I feel like, man, there's so many more different things that we can say, but we try to keep these relatively short. Thank you, gentlemen. for um, I appreciate each of you for your love for the church and for your ability to critique it. Like I've had, we've had, we've each had many conversations about our frustrations with the church, but I love the fact that we're always talking about our mom. And so there's a, we love her. We love her. We love, love, love her. So, um, I hope you do too. God bless. And, uh, we will see you when we see you.